0: Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. Let's get into the Word of God this morning. Uh, Before we do, I just want to mention we kind of do offering a little bit different here at Woodland Church. Uh, We don't pass any sort of offering plate. We will take offering at the end of service. We've got two offering boxes in the back where you can give. You can can also give online, but we will pray over offering at the end here. Well, let's uh, get into the Word of God this morning. Last week, we started to look at Psalms 34 and... Before it goes all, he already put it up there. I was going to ask you if you remembered the sermon title. Um, we did play the song last week to help you guys to remember the title of the message. But last week, we were talking about under pressure. and We're looking at Psalm 34. And this is a time when David is on the run. Saul, the king of Israel at the time... Is he wants to kill David. He wants to get rid of David. He's absolutely jealous and enraged by him, but David is on the run, and he ends up in front of the Philistine king, and David ends up acting crazy to get out of that situation. Scripture literally says he started drooling from his mouth and acting absolutely crazy, and the king got rid of him in his presence. But David ends up in a cave, and the men that come to David, there's about 400 men, his family members and men, come to David's side. And it's interesting because we looked at who these men were, and Scripture points out the characteristic of these people with David. It says these men are in debt, they're in distress, and they're bitter in soul, Scripture says. It literally uses the term bitter in soul. So here is David. On the run for his life, and the people he's with, not really the people that I would think you would want to be with at this time. They're bitter, they're in debt, and they're all in distress. But it is from this place where David pens Psalm 34. What comes out of David in this moment when his life is literally on the line? What is inside of David and what comes out of David? And I mentioned this last week. Oftentimes within our own lives, when, you, when we are put under pressure, when we have the stress of this world and of this life upon us, oftentimes what comes out of us is truly what is inside of us. And I realize oftentimes we don't really want to see the ugliness within us, how we respond when we're under pressure within stressful situations or when the day is not going how you desire it to be going what comes out of you is truly who we are whether we want to admit it or not but what we see come out of David is that even in the midst of this he looks at these people and look at psalm 34 3 it says oh magnify the lord with me let us exalt his name together As David is under pressure, he's challenging even the people with him who are in distress, who are afflicted. He challenges them, come on, let's exalt the Lord together. Well, today we're going to continue on in Psalm 34, and we changed up the title. Today's title is called Experiencing the Lord. And we're going to read Psalms thirty-four, eight through fourteen. So if you have your Bibles with me, please stand as we read Psalms thirty-four eight through fourteen. It says this O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Let us pray. Father, Father, as we come to your word today, Lord, help us to know you more. Father, I pray that that as we look to your word, Lord, that we will have a deeper knowledge. But Lord, my prayer, Lord, is that we will be able to experience you. Father, I praise you. exalt you. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys may be seated. So have any of you ever seen a beautiful picture of a beautiful place? Now if you have lived in this country, some of you may know this about me, but I am a huge fan of national parks um, I think our national parks are some of the coolest things that uh, our federal government has ever set up and established to help protect these beautiful lands. But there is something about seeing a picture of a national park, and there's something different about experiencing a national park. I want to throw Yosemite National Park up there. This is, as of right now, my favorite national park um, Others could change. Maybe I'll experience a new one, and it could change. But right now, Yosemite is still at the top of my list as far as one of the most beautiful parks. Well, in this picture, what you are looking at here, you've got El Capitan on the left, you've got Half Dome in the middle. In the back, you've got... Yosemite falls on the right now as you look at this picture you can Admire this picture and you can say oh this is a beautiful picture you could even describe this picture to someone else if somebody asked you How beautiful is Yosemite National Park and you could look at this photo? You could say well, let me tell you about how amazing this park is Well, it's totally different between looking at a photo and actually experiencing a park Now, I had the privilege of going to Yosemite National Park uh, in the summer of 2012. We were on a missions trip out to Los Angeles. I looked at a map and I said, kids, we're six hours from a national park. On our way home, we're going to stop there. And I can recall the evening of driving to this park. We We were camping just east of it. And you drive in, uh, most people come into this park from uh, San Francisco, I believe is probably the most common because that's the biggest airport nearby. But as you drive into Yosemite National Park, you start to get into the forest and you just see the absolute beauty. And then you get to this point where on the road, you all of a sudden see it. It's kind of, it's blind and then all of a sudden it's there and what you see is literally the valley. The road going into Yosemite National Park is absolutely beautiful. And I can recall being there, and I happened to, my first time seeing this was at sunset. It was a beautiful sunny day, and as the sun was setting, you could see it hit Yosemite Falls, which in 2012, it was still flowing. I believe it stopped flowing for several years, but I could see Half Dome in the distance and El Capitan on the left-hand side. And it was absolutely gorgeous, and the memories burned within me. But there is a difference between knowing something and experiencing something. If you have ever experienced a national park, or maybe some of you love national parks like I do, you know that there is a major difference between seeing it on a picture and experiencing it. Similar thing happened when I went to the Grand Canyon for the first time. I'd seen pictures of the Grand Canyon. If you know, m- many of you have probably seen pictures of it, and you can look at it and you can say, "Yeah, this is absolutely beautiful." But then you go there, and you pull into the park, and you can't see anything. And I remember pulling into uh, into uh, uh, Grand Canyon, like thinking I would just instantly see the Grand Canyon. Well, the Grand Canyon's lower, right? Like, like, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I'm just going to, there's, there's the uh, Grand Canyon National Park. As you go through the gate, there's the Grand Canyon. But it, if you have been there, you know that you got to walk, and then all of a sudden, the beauty of it is there. Well, I, I, I share this with you because I believe that there is a major difference of knowing God and experiencing God. I think for maybe some people in this room that, That idea, that thought of experiencing God, Pastor, that just sounds a little bit crazy here. I don't really know if I talk about the Lord on those terms. And and I know that there are some people in this room that would say, well, listen, I believe in the Lord and I know the Lord and they are faithful to Him. But that idea of experiencing the Lord... I believe is absolutely different than just having head knowledge of the Lord. It's easy to read his word and to have a, a head knowledge of him. But what we see here in Psalm 34 is David doesn't just have head knowledge. David hasn't just picked up knowledge at the synagogue on Saturdays or at the temple during worship. David has this deep Knowledge of the Lord that comes from his experiences with him. You can see this right away in verse 8. He says this. He says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not, well, I have some more knowledge. He, the, the terms he uses here, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. David knows the Lord. David has lived his life up until this moment, experiencing God within his life. It wasn't just this far-off thought. It was this personal knowledge that David had deep within him. And I believe what we are going to see here in these few verses that we're going to be looking at today is there is a few words David uses about experiencing the Lord. And I want us to kind of look at these words here. The first one we just looked at in Psalm four eight. it says this. It says, Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. What does that mean? Have you ever thought about that? Because that term gets used within Scripture, especially David, especially within the Psalms here, that this idea of taking refuge in the Lord. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought, man, like what does that even look like? Well, what we see here is David, like I mentioned, his circumstances in this time are not good circumstances. Men want to kill him. Literally, this isn't like, oh, maybe, like, literally these people are after David. His circumstances are not good. But David, even in the midst of his life circumstances, David's trust, David's security is in the Lord and in him alone. It's not in anything else. His security is not found in his 400 men with him. You don't want 400 men in distress fighting for you anyways at that time, who are in debt, who are bitter in soul, as what Scripture says. Those are not the guys you put your trust in. But David, even in the most horrendous circumstances, his trust, his hope is purely and solely based on In the Lord. Isaiah 12, 2 says this Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Refuge in the Lord is this idea, and it's us recognizing and knowing that the Lord is everything within our lives everything we go to him in every aspect of our life when times are good we're seeking and going after the Lord when times are bad we are finding our refuge in the Lord it is a life that looks like no matter what the circumstances are no matter what is happening it's coming to the Lord It's coming and finding our refuge in Him. It's who we turn to for all circumstances. All circumstances. When the blessings come, we turn to Him. I would even say we vocally turn to Him. Like, out loud. Like, Like, say, have you ever just had an experience in your life? Either... I sometimes say blessing, but good and bad, where you verbally turn to the Lord in that moment. And you say, God, I give you praise. Lord, I'm coming to you right now. Lord, I praise you. I bless you, Father. I thank you for your presence within my life. It's turning to him within all aspects of our life. And as I look at our culture, and I see this even within my own life, it's like we have to actually ask ourselves a question, who do we turn to? What do we turn to in this world? If you have a stressful day at work, do we turn to the television? Do we turn to like, well, I I gotta just zone out for a little bit here. I gotta just Or do we turn to the one who we find our refuge in? Guys, within our lives, I think David has a has a whole secret here. He recognizes the Lord is my refuge. Times of need, times of blessing, I go to Him. No matter what, no matter what is happening, I'm gonna find myself in the presence of my King and my Lord. I think, church family, that looks like it can look like prayer, it can look like praise, but it's us, it is our minds and our spirits, like recognizing, like God. I'm with you he's always with his people but it's us recognizing that within our lives underneath all circumstances like I said the good and the bad oftentimes it's bad circumstances in our life that kind of drive people to be like well I, re- I really got to figure this out this is these are horrendous times I just got some really really bad news and then they turn to the Lord I think oftentimes church we got to turn to the Lord even when times are good Even when things in our lives are going well, when you got health, when you got a full belly, you're turning to the Lord even in those moments. And it's this, David had this mindset his entire life from what we see within Scripture. He's constantly knowing who the Lord is. He's constantly going to the Lord it's like David, David just lives a life. It's not just a religion or like a, a 12-step program. David just wakes up and he recognizes the Lord is my refuge today. Father, I'm with you. And I think for, for us, church family, that is, that is huge in understanding. And I believe in experiencing God in our lives is that when we are constantly recognizing who he is in our lives, that we're coming to him in prayer and praise and good and bad, it doesn't matter what the life circumstances throw at us, we are finding our refuge, our safe place is with him and in him alone. It's not found within the things of this world. It's not found within YouTube or whatever we want to be spending our time zoning out in. It's us in his presence, in prayer. In praise, saying, "God, I'm 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 with you." And David actually uses a couple more couple more words here that I think is a little bit fascinating, and I think play a huge role in God's people really experiencing God in their lives. Look at verses nine and ten. He says, "Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints." He's calling out to his men at this time, and he says. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Verse 10. The young lion suffers want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Like I said, David is once again calling around to the people with him. This isn't just for for him personally, but he's sharing it with the men that he is with. He says, Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. For those who fear Him have no lack. The fear of the Lord is throughout all of Scripture, and I'm sure that I have touched on this, so if you've already heard me talk about the fear of the Lord, you can kind of check out for the next five minutes, because we're going to continue to dive into that aspect. But the fear of the Lord, this phrase is throughout all of Scripture. Psalms 2.11, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Psalms 19.9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring, Forever, the rules of the Lord are true, righteous altogether. Psalms twenty-five, fourteen. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him. He makes known to them His covenant. Proverbs nine, ten. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is in sight. And I love Proverbs fourteen, twenty-six. The fear of the Lord. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. I'm going to read that one back to you. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. Jeremiah says this. This goes along with the fear of the Lord. The Lord speaks to Jeremiah in chapter 5. says this. Do you fear me, declares the Lord? Do you tremble? Before me, I place the sand as the boundary of the sea, a perpetual barrier that it cannot pass. Through the waves toss, they cannot prevail. Though they roar, they cannot pass over it. But, but this people has a stubborn and rebellious heart. They have turned aside and gone away. They do not say in their hearts, Let us fear the Lord our God who gives the rain in the this, in this season, the autumn rain and the spring rain, and keeps us the weeks appointed for the harvest. Those verses right there, the Lord is reminding Jeremiah how amazing and how powerful the Lord is. The Lord said, look at the sea. I put the sand there and the waves cannot overcome it. I give boundaries to this water. When it comes to the harvest season, I'm in charge. He is the Almighty. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. The fear of the Lord is when men and women recognize the almighty power of who the King is. In verse 24, it says, they say in their heart, let us, they do not say in their hearts, let us fear the Lord our God. You guys know, and I don't have to remind you of this, but as you look around at the culture that we live in, there is not many people who have a true fear of the Lord. They don't have a true reverence for who the God of Scripture is. They don't have any thoughts about how amazing He is. But David says to his men, Fear the Lord, all you, all you saints. For those who fear him have no lack. It's interesting here how the fear of the Lord and the seeking of the Lord, they go hand in hand. Those two words are go hand in hand here. Look at, I'm going to read 9 and 10 one more time. For the in Psalms 34, oh, the fear of the Lord, you His saints, for those who fear Him have no lack. Verse 10, The young lion suffers want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Those who fear have no lack. Those who seek lack no good thing. David is linking this, I shouldn't even say this idea because David knows it so well here. David knows this deep within him that the fear of the Lord and the seeking of the Lord, he recognizes that those two actions on how the Lord provides within David's life. He recognizes that the Almighty, how he truly is the all-powerful king of the universe. And he says those who fear him have no lack those who seek him this idea of looking for the lord we see this theme which you guys maybe might be coming to your mind in Jesus' sermon on the mount matthew 5 25 says this jesus says this therefore i tell you do not be anxious about your life what you'll eat what you'll drink nor about your your body what you will put on is not life more than food in your body more than clothing? Jesus kind of sets up this challenge like, do not be anxious about your life. Like, there's nothing to be anxious about. Do not worry about the food and the water and the clothing. And now I, I recognize here we are living in 2022 in America. I totally get this. Most of you here are not lacking food. If you are, let's get you some bread today. But most of us are not lacking water. Right? Like in America, you could pretty much walk you can walk into any gas station, right? And just say, I need a cup of water. Like where we live, we've got the abundance of food and water within our place. Clothing. Real challenge. Does anyone in this room have clothing in their house? Or I should say in their closet that they haven't worn for a year? Two years? Three years? Mitch's hand is still up. Five years, Mitch? Probably, probably. So when we read this, when we see Jesus' words here about do not be anxious about our lives, but our food and our clothing, we're a little bit removed from that culturally. There is millions of people in the world that that is what they, what they worry about. Food, water, clothing, shelter. That is their concern. That is what they are worried about. That may not be what we are worried about. But Jesus finishes this off. Look at the word Jesus uses. Matthew five thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. David recognizes, Jesus confirms it. Those who seek the Lord, those who take refuge in Him, those who fear Him, those who seek Him, we have no lack. He takes care of us. In our current circumstances, abundantly in our lives. David recognizes it is the Lord who takes care of him. That is why he comes to the Lord in times of need and in times of praise. He is constantly coming before the King. God's people. God's people take refuge in him. God's people fear him. God's people seek him. Day in and day out. We seek him. We go after him. We want to know him. It's... It's a lifestyle church that I think has to become deep within us. It's not just us coming to church on Sunday and singing some songs and listening. to me, speak some words to you. It is a lifestyle within God's people that I think draw us closer to Him, but also help us to experience Him within our lives. We're finding our refuge in Him. We fear Him in the sense of we stand in awe. Of the majesty that He is. We look around, we see that the Lord created all of these things. The sea, He puts there the land, He puts there, He is the Creator, He is the Almighty. But we also seek after Him. We spend time reading His Word, we spend time in prayer, we spend time in personal worship, where sometimes we are just on our knees giving praise to our King. And what we see within David here, it's like, it's regardless of circumstances, right? It's not just like, "Wow, well, this is easy to see how good the Lord is when times are going really well. This is like the worst circumstances I think any one of us in this room would want to be in. A couple of kings coming for you? <laughs> like, really think about that. Like, Like, on the news tonight, your name is literally on there, and it's our president, Joe Biden, saying... I want to kill this person. People know it. You're in hiding. Do we say these words? Do we recognize this truth of who God is that we can taste and see that he is good even in the midst of these circumstances? This past week, I was... This has been a a difficult week, I will just say that, in the sense of whenever pastor gets a phone call that one of my people is not doing well, man, it brings, brings me to tears. I got a phone call Wednesday from Jerry about his wife Maggie. Jerry called me, it was kind of broken up, he was doing about 100 miles an hour down to Green Bay. His wife suffered a stroke. Maggie and Jerry I know very, very well. I, I, there's a whole story there on, on just how they've kind of renewed their faith in the last two years. I got to baptize both of them last summer. It's been so exciting watching them over the last two years grow in their faith and their knowledge of the Holy One. And Jerry calls and says, Jeff, Maggie just had a stroke. They're flying her to Green Bay. they got to do this emergency surgery pray sent out a message to the deacons here at vbs many of the workers we've been praying and praying and praying and trusting that the lord would bring a healing to his people so jerry i lose phone conversation with him but jerry's keeping me updated on on text messages and jerry sends me this text in the midst of this they get down there i find out afterwards there's like there's like a 30% chance that this could actually turn out well. There's a big percentage that she could turn out to be a, an absolute vegetable. 100% blockage, one side. Like, she losing oxygen, everything, right? Jerry, in the midst of this, in the midst of this, in the midst of like, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know where my wife is going to be going after this. Is she going to be going to rehab? Is she going to be going to some sort of home? He says these words. Jeff, thank you for praying. God is good. In the midst of this, in the midst of this, and I I think about David's words, taste and see that the Lord is good. Here's our brother, in the midst of possibly losing his wife. Recognizes, experiences who and how great our God is. Now praise be to the Lord. Maggie, home I talked to her this morning all of her functions back she's literally like she's an absolute walking miracle. doctors came in there and were like I wanted to to just see you you are an absolute miracle and Maggie says she could literally feel the prayers of God's people upon her and I know many of you in this room we, we were praying we were seeking and we were trusting and I I share that with you because even if it would have turned out bad God is good. Can we say that within our life? Do we know Him? Do we really, really know Him? In the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain, in the midst of rejoicing, in the midst of good times, in the midst of bad times, have we tasted and have we seen that the Lord is good within our lives? Church family, I I would just challenge you this week. There was three words there that I mentioned. He's our refuge. We fear Him and we seek Him. I want to just challenge you guys to continue to pursue the Lord. Maybe you're not feeling it right now. Maybe you might be a point in your life where you're like, I don't know, Pastor, if I've ever really experienced God in the sense of where it is actually tangible within my life. Come to Him. He's your refuge. Fear him. Recognize the Almighty within your, your life and seek him. Scripture is clear. If you seek me, you will find me, Jesus says. I love, I love I'm, I'm kind of getting off, off, off task here, but I love within the book of Acts, Paul is standing there and he's given this amazing sermon. He says, God is not far from each one of you. He's not far off. He desires for his people to seek him, to know him, to experience him. I want to pray for you this morning. If you will, please stand. I'm going to invite the worship team back up and we're going to give praise to our, to our God and our King one last time. But let us pray. Father, Father, we come to you this morning, Lord. Father, you draw your people close to you. Father, may your men and women draw near to you. Father, may we taste and see how good you are. May we know you deeper this day, Lord. Father, I praise you. We desire you. Father, I pray that as we sing this last song, excuse me, as we declare who you are, Lord, come and minister to our hearts and our minds. Remind us of how great you are. We praise you now in Jesus' name.